welcome back to the Choosing to Heal podcast. Today, I almost didn't film this podcast episode because I was feeling so uninspired. I was so not in the mood, didn't feel like I had any additional value to offer, which then gave me the idea to do this episode, which is all about how our minds can easily spiral into negative thinking and how powerful our emotions play a role in how we behave. Like I logically know that just because I'm not feeling particularly inspired today or creative today doesn't mean that I should just retreat into a cave, but having feelings as a human being makes us want to stay in bed all day, makes us question what we know to be true. So often we can know something logically in our head and yet how we feel on the inside is completely contradictory and it can be really confusing. So today I'm going to share with you 12 of the most common cognitive distortions, which is a clinical term for negative thinking essentially. So these are 12 ways that your mind can play tricks on you. And the reason why it's so important to learn and understand these 12 cognitive distortions, I love saying that fancy term, <laughs> is because once you have awareness around it, when it's happening, you can go, oh, that's right. Right now I'm doing black and white thinking. Oh, that's right. I'm catastrophizing right now. And once you have that understanding and that awareness, it's so much easier to catch yourself and to catch your negative thinking in its tracks and redirect it, reframe those negative thoughts. So I'm going to go through these one by one, give you an example. And then also I'm going to show you how you can reframe each of these cognitive distortions so you understand how you can practically put this into practice when you find yourself falling into these same negative thinking patterns. All right, let's dive in. Number one is all or nothing thinking, also known as black and white thinking. Our knee-jerk reaction is usually to think in these two extremes or these two polar opposites, right? Like it's either yes or no. It's either do it full out or not at all. And the problem with all or nothing thinking is that it doesn't leave any room for gray area. One super simple thing that I took away from therapy that has made such a big difference when it comes to black and white thinking is using the phrase and also. So when you find yourself falling into the black and white thinking or the all or nothing thinking, you say whatever the extreme is and then you add and also to the end of it, right? So for example, all or nothing thinking could show up in how you view divorce. I'll just use a personal example. Seeing divorce as only bad, right? Like it's like a failure of a marriage. So it's going to ruin the kid's future, all of that stuff. So an alternative way to look at that would be, okay, yes, there are downsides to divorce. And also there are good things that can come from divorce as well. It doesn't have to be all good or all bad. There can be room for both. The next two cognitive distortions are around blame. There's self-blaming and blaming others. So obviously when you're blaming others, you are blaming your negative circumstances or holding other people entirely accountable for a negative outcome. I guess the most important distinction with these two is you're blaming the entirety of the negative outcome on this one particular person or yourself. Like missing a flight, for example, on your partner because they were slow to get out the door and you then turned to them and you're like, we wouldn't have missed the flight if you would have just hurried up or if you would have packed your bags last night. Our brain always wants to find an explanation or a reason as to why things happen. And, 
And that's why we jump to blaming someone else or ourselves. On the flip side of that, self-blame looks like, oh, we missed our flight. If only I would have gone 80 miles per hour instead of 60 on the freeway, we wouldn't have missed it. If only I would have thought to leave 30 minutes earlier, then we wouldn't have missed it. This is all my fault. So reframing both of these statements just requires allowing room for it to be both. So all the focus and all the emphasis isn't on one area, right? It's like, okay, yes, we could have driven a little faster or prepare, but also there's things that we just couldn't have accounted for, like traffic and these kinds of things happen that we can't account for. Number four, catastrophizing, also known as fearing the worst case scenario. And man, am I guilty of this. I also like to call this future tripping, like chasing down the worst possibility before something even happens. For example, I need to record this podcast episode. If I don't record this podcast episode, then I'm going to get out of schedule. And then my podcast producer, Stacy, is going to get mad at me. I'm going to feel like a failure. And then she's not going to want to work with me anymore because I'm an awful client. And then because I don't have her help anymore, I'm going to be so overwhelmed trying to produce this podcast. And that's going to affect the quality of the podcast, which means nobody's going to listen to it anymore, which means it's going to totally suck and fail and crash and burn. <laughs> So the most important thing to remember if you catch yourself falling down the rabbit hole, because that's what's happening, is to always start with that awareness. Oh, I'm totally future tripping. I'm totally catastrophizing. And then reframe. If I don't record an episode or if it's a day late, it's not the end of the world. Not everything is going to crash and burn. It's not all hinging on one choice or one decision that I make today. The next cognitive distortion is called emotional reasoning. And this is when we base the truth or we make up stories based on how we feel. I'm just going to stick with the podcast example because that seems to be the theme. Okay, I feel unmotivated today. That must mean I am not disciplined and I suck at following through and I have a lack of creative ideas because if I did have creative ideas, then I would always feel motivated. And so because I am in this emotional state, all these other things must be true. And this is the perfect classic example of everything you think isn't always the truth. Everything you feel isn't always the truth. So how you would reframe this? Okay, I feel unmotivated today. That's okay. There's bound to be days like this and I can't expect perfection from myself. I don't expect it from others and I know that it's impossible. So I'm going to give myself grace today. <laughs> so the next one is fortune telling, which is when we jump to big conclusions with very little information. So for example, if you have a history of failed relationships, let's say you start dating again. Fortune telling would look like, well, my last relationship only lasted two months, so this one's bound to fail as well. Or last time I tried this, I totally sucked at it, and so I don't want to try again because I'm going to fail again. And you can see how this cognitive distortion really has the ability to hold us back and prevent us from taking action in our life because we are basing the future on what happened in the past, and we're not allowing any room or opportunity for new experiences to unfold. So reframing fortune telling would look like, okay, yes, I have a history of failed relationships. They didn't work out. However, that doesn't mean this one is bound to fail as well. And I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm still going to give it my all, show up authentically, and not let my fears sabotage this relationship too. 
I think we're on number seven. I don't know. I can't keep track today. So this one is labeling. And this is so damaging to ourselves, to our self-esteem, to the relationship that we have with ourselves. And this is when we label ourselves or someone else based on, again, a small amount of evidence. So I feel unmotivated today. I'm lazy. I sent the invite to the wrong person. I'm so stupid. How could I have made that mistake? Labeling someone else might be, he didn't pick the clothes up off of the floor. He's selfish and doesn't care about me. Um, so the reframing, so similar to the others, it's saying, okay, yes, I made a mistake. Yes, the clothes were still on the ground this morning, even though I just put them away. However, I'm human, they're human. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I am lazy. It doesn't mean that they're selfish and they don't care about me. The next two distortions are magnifying the negative and magnifying the positive. And let's see if you can point out the distinction between the two. Magnifying the negative would be like me saying, well, the Choosing Heal podcast, it sucks. I mean, look at Mel Robbins. She has like a million followers. And my podcast doesn't have as many downloads as her. So by default, it sucks. And I'm not a good podcaster. And nobody even like listens to it in comparison. So I just suck. <laughs> Minimizing the positive might be if someone complimented me on the launch of the Choosing to Heal podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, anybody could do it. Like it's it's really not a big deal. Like it's basically like the inability to take a compliment or receive any words of affirmation or ignoring the value or the importance or the significance of something, right? It's like, okay, so yes, this podcast is still new. We're recording, I think, episode number 14. Some other podcasts have almost a thousand episodes and this one has 14. Minimizing the positive would be basically only focusing on all of the negatives or all the things that you didn't do rather than taking the time to acknowledge what you did do or what good did come from a situation. The next one is big, especially in relationships, and that is overgeneralization, which is using the words always or never, right? Like you never pick up your clothes. You always are late. You can also point it to yourself and say, I always screw things up. I never have anything good happen to me. It's the assumption that because something happened a certain way in the past or at one time, you are assuming that they're going to continue to be that way. So very similar to fortune telling, except it's the extreme of always or never. When we do this, especially in relationship, it shuts down any opportunity for circumstances to be different in the future, right? It's like, well, you've always been this way. You're going to continue. And it can be extremely disheartening, as I'm sure you know from your own personal experience. Last but not least, we have should statements. I call this shoulding on yourself. I know that sounds very similar to a different word, but should. <laughs> shoulding on yourself. And this is placing pressure on yourself or others to act a certain way or to be a certain way. I talked a lot in my episode on mom guilt about like how I should spend more quality time. Well, as a mom, I should be feeding my kid healthier foods. And because I should be doing – it's like setting yourself up for this 
expectation and usually it's a very unrealistic expectation which then sets yourself up for feeling massive amounts of guilt and failure so next time you catch yourself shooting on yourself just pause and see if you can talk to yourself like you would your best friend this is what i always recommend even though it's hard for me to take my own advice at times like what would your your friend say okay monica i know you want to spend every waking moment with your son so you don't miss time as it flies but let's be realistic here right like look at all the amazing ways that you are a good mom and you know like you have to set an example for him too by being your own individual person and it's unrealistic to spend every waking moment <laughs> with your son so yeah pausing to take a step back zoom out really this applies to all of them it all boils down to catching yourself doing it and hopefully now that you have an understanding of these common cognitive distortions, you can catch yourself going, oh, there I go, predicting the future again with the black and white thinking. So I find journaling really helpful and that way I can just dump how I feel onto the paper. And then it's so much easier to identify like, oh, I used the word always. That means that I am overgeneralizing again, which then gives you the ability to zoom out and literally look at it objectively on paper and just slows down that process and makes it easier to process through. Now, I don't expect you to remember all of these. I mean, shoot, I even was referencing notes doing this episode because let's be real, my mind doesn't have the capacity to remember 12 cognitive distortions. Don't worry, I've created a quick reference sheet and I use it personally when I am journaling through my triggers. It's just so much easier to identify which negative thinking trap I'm falling in. So hopefully it'll be helpful for you to be able to reference it, jog your memory as to what they are. Because once you're able to identify the negative thinking trap that you're stuck in, it'll help you move out of that emotional state into a more logical state. So yeah, head to the show notes if you would like a cheat sheet of the 12 cognitive distortions that we are going through today. And that brings us to the end of today's episode, friends. And hey, we did it. 